holy shit, you guys. If this doesn't sum up how the year should end, I don't know what does. I just got my booster shot. I am so sick. I can barely move. Literally every word pains me. And it's just... Here we are. Here's the end of the year and you're sick and this is how you're going into the next year. For the love of side piece, you guys, I'm literally hunched over on the floor doing this because although my head feels like it's going to pop off any second, there's nothing that will stop me from talking to you and doing side piece. On the plus side, Logan, my four-year-old, can literally jump like three stories and land and be fine. But he gets a little paper cut and it's legit the end of the world. He's freaking out. It's like his whole limb fell off. So we've been band-aiding it up, cream band-aid, all day long for this like microscopic cut on his finger. So then Josh is unpacking all of our Amazon deliveries We order so much, you could literally have a llama coming up to our house. And I would think that's fine that I just ordered it from Amazon. Josh is unpacking the boxes. Logan is helping bring all this stuff in. I'm standing in the kitchen. Logan comes into the kitchen carrying this big pink box of pads. And he goes, oh, mom, great. We just got more (laughs) Band-Aids. It was literally the best thing I've ever heard in my life. And then he dropped it and then started looking at it like, wait, are those Band-Aids? Why is it hot pink? I don't really get it. That doesn't look like Paw Patrol Band-Aids. It was literally the line in my house of the year. Oh, oh, sorry. Welcome back to Side Piece Show. At least we can thank my booster and the booster story and me feeling like hell from saving you from hearing me sing the intro. And now it's time for Side Stealers of the Week. We have a special all three Side Stealers from Real Housewives of OC. The first one is our not-so-sweet, not-so-smiley James, Noella's husband, or soon-to-be-not-husband. Dude, this guy throws some papers at Noella's mom. Peace, I'm bolting on you, wifey, and my kid. I mean, listen, we see a lot, a lot playing out right now, off-season on social media, so there's clearly a lot of pieces missing from this puzzle, but... Dude, this is how you're leaving? And more importantly, you don't want to be with your wife. Cool, she's annoying. Yeah, whatever. But you leave your kid. Not cool. I don't like it. I don't like it, Smiley James. Also, from the OC, Shane, Emily's husband. So Emily and Gina and their men, they meet for dinner. Emily is saying how starving she is, how she hasn't had anything to eat at all, all day. And then Super Shane (laughs) chimes in with the old, well, other than that footlong sandwich I bought you. Oh, this guy. (laughs) Always the supportive one, the Shane. And a side piece first ever 
is a hug. So Noella is literally unraveling in front of Nicole and Nicole could legit care less. I've never in my life seen anyone more uncomfortable and honestly just cold. She's clearly a newbie and doesn't get that the total epic breakdowns in public is rule number one of being on the housewives. Noella, I'm sorry for what you're dealing with and that you had to sit there with no bra, nipples hanging out, taking shots, basically by yourself because Nicole couldn't care less. And that wraps up my side stealers of the week. But what else is hot and happening in Bravo world? Um, Hot. Have you seen the hot new romances going on? So we have Nini with a new man. We have Dolores, which, hello, not only does she split from David, but now has a new sexy side. I'm freaking loving all these new romances for 2022, baby. And other than that, honestly, I have no idea what's going on because it's the week after Christmas and the week before New Year's and there's not really any new shows on. And more so, did I mention I'm freaking down for the count because of my booster? You know, usually the housewives make my head feel like it's going to explode. But now I get to thank the booster for it. And that wraps up all the hotness happening in Bravo. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you for the love, the support. We are almost an entire year of side piece. And it's all thanks to you guys. Thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing, and telling all your peeps to do the same. It means the world. I'm so lucky and grateful to have you. And I just wish you guys the best end to 2021 and the best start to 2022. And thank you for kicking it off with me. You can find me at Sidepiece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W. You guys, I love you. Happy, happy new year from me and my body laying on the floor, sick, but so pushing through just for you. And my guest today, don't mess with this doctor or her cuisine. This feisty, funny, fierce mama brought all kinds of fireworks to their very last season. From Real Housewives of Dallas, it's the one, the only, Tiffany Moon. What's going on? You know, Housewives season five was such a funny, funny thing that happened in my life because I have these stepkids that are with us half the time and I'm incredibly close to my stepdaughter, Nicole. Um, She and I, you know, were basically best friends during quarantine because we didn't hang out with anyone else and we would just do TikTok dances together. Right. And then um, also I was working as a full-time doctor while filming season five, but my work um, did not allow me to talk about my work <laughs> and my stepkids mom did not allow me to talk about my stepkids. So it's like these two huge parts of my life while we were filming, we just had to like ignore, we could say like, Oh, Tiffany's a doctor. Tiffany's an anesthesiologist, but like 
They couldn't film me going to the hospital, coming home from the hospital, wearing scrubs, saying the name of the hospital I worked at, which is easily Googleable. Right. Um, you know, getting off work, like showing up to a party late because I was stuck in the OR, you know, and then I had to go home and like change and get into hair and makeup and then go to an event, like all that thing. It's it, like, we just pretended like it didn't exist. And I feel like when people watch the show in its little capsule, like it, it doesn't at all show what was happening in my life at that time. <laughs> right. Cause I'm sitting here and I'm like, wait a minute, I know these things why do I not know this? And now I feel like an a-hole because I don't know this. No, no, you're not an a-hole at all. And like, they made it be that way. Like I had to sign a contract saying, you know, I will not talk about my work. I will not talk about my stepkids. And, and those were for very good reasons. But like, I don't know, when you watch reality TV, right. that's the thing. Like as the viewer, it's like, is that really reality? I mean, it is. All the things that happened were real. Like they were not um, manufactured for drama or anything like that. So they were real. But did it in totality encapsulate like the life of Tiffany Moon? And I right. think the answer for me is no. Maybe the answer for some of the other women is yes. It did show all of their lives, you know? But for me, it really didn't. That Tiffany, the fact that you just said about the two stepkids, right? And the fact that they are there with you part-time and you're filming a show for what? How many, three months? 12 weeks, yeah. So cameras are there. If the kid, uh-huh. if your stepkids were ever there, did they just go in a separate room or? Yeah, I mean, for my home scenes, they're all scheduled. So the thing about Housewives is not like they're just at your house all the time, like Big Brother, you know, where you like can't go anywhere without someone right. here. It's very scheduled. It's like Tuesday, we're going to be at your house. We want to see you playing with your kids, you talking to your husband, stuff like that. So I would know. And so Tuesday, um, usually we try to do a lot of the scenes um, while the older kids, you know, weren't here, like they were at their mom's house. They'd be like, oh, that's not a really good week for us because we had the older kids that week. And it was summer. We filmed during the summer um, and it was COVID. So, you know, it's not like I could be like, oh, why don't you go to your friend's house? or, you know, to the um, uh, country club or something like they didn't right. have anywhere to go. And I didn't want to like, you know, make them like stuck in their rooms because I'm filming. So I would just tell production, like, I can't film any home scenes this week because my stepchildren are here that week and they would work around it. But for you, like, you're like, okay, I'm doing a reality show. My reality is I have four kids, right? <laughs> my reality only, only two of which are allowed to be on TV. So then was that then, okay, of course you said, listen, I'll do the show. We won't film the step, you know, my stepkids, but then doing the show, did that cause any extra tension or like with the mom? No, I think like before, I mean, you have to understand my husband and I have been together for 13 years, married for almost 10 So I think at the very beginning when we got married and she still was single, um, there were some, you know, feelings of animosity maybe, but she is also remarried now and has three stepchildren of her own. So I think she understands what it's like to be a stepmom because she's one now. And so she's much more flexible with scheduling and things like that. So, you know, we get along fine now, Um, but it wasn't always that case. Of course. Is it ever? I mean, (laughs) it's been 30 years and my parents like won't even communicate. So 
but there's those people that like, they go on vacation with like their new spouse and their old spouse. Do you know, there's like a, oh, I can't, it's off the top of my head. Um, like a Hollywood couple and they've parted ways, but then during Christmas, like they get together with all the kids and they all bring their like new girlfriend, boyfriend. It's like a whole Brady bunch. I don't know. I appreciate that because mine was not fun growing up, like the divorces and stuff. But like, actually the Frank, he is the ex-husband to Dolores, who is a Jersey housewife. Dolores is with a new guy, but all of them intertwine. Right. Like all have Thanksgiving dinner together, right? Like everyone's cool. I'm like, dude, that's, uh, That's that is not, I can't even breathe like each other's names, (laughs) let alone freaking have booze and some turkey together. But cool. I mean, I, I love that for them, but like, I love that too. It's so very progressive. Yes. Yes. Uh, Every, every blended family should be so progressive. Were you just like, because again, working is such a big part of your life too. Were you just like, I want to show people in my element. So was that tough for you than not being able to show anything with work? Yeah, that was one of the hardest things because people are like, oh, she mentions that she's a doctor one more time. And I'm like, do you say that to teachers or like firemen? Like, you know, I mean, I spend like 50 hours a week at the hospital. So of course I'm going to talk about it, (laughs) you know? Um, And it was just this big black hole. And because I was working full-time and filming, it caused me to be very tired and stressed out. And I, you know, it sounds like I'm complaining. People are like, wah, 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 you know, but like when we traveled for the cash trips or when people are like shoving shots in my face, like I had to go to work the next morning. Like right. that's what you don't see. And so it looks like I'm being a spoil sport or, you know, not trying to get along with the ladies. And I'm like, no, I had a two drink maximum on nights where I needed to work the next day because I'm trying to keep my job. <laughs> right. Was that, did the, your job, like the hospital, after it's airing did you get any heat or anything from them a little bit I think more informally like through the grapevines where people are like whispering about it in the doctor's lounge and you kind of hear it through the grapevine that kind of sort of thing right um I was not officially reprimanded you know like disciplinary action or anything like that because uh, frankly I didn't do anything wrong right you know, did I come into work late one time during filming? Nope. Did I ever call in a day sick during filming? Nope. Like I picked up extra shifts during filming in order to prove to my work that filming wasn't affecting my work performance. I was like, F you, I'm going to pick up an extra shift. (laughs) And then then at home, I was like, I'm dying. You're like, okay, leave me alone, kids. Bye. Go to your separate corners. Mommy needs a a cocktail and like to sit down and decompress. The the people who suffered the worst besides me, myself during filming were my husband and my children. My work did not suffer at all. My work, if I didn't tell them that I was filming, they would have never even known because my work performance did not change at all. My, my children suffered and my husband suffered because I was but an empty shell of a person by the time that I got to them. Because you were just so exhausted from work, from the filming, from the cameras, the drama, everything. Yep. And I told them, I said, mommy's not going to be, you know, a hundred percent mommy for the next however many weeks until filming, because I had to give everything to first 
priority was my job as a physician. My second job was filming. And then third was being a wife and a mom. And, and that's how I prioritized during those 12 weeks of filming. And people can judge me harshly for that. I, I talked to my kids about it. Um, they were five at the time, so they didn't have a whole lot to say. Um, right. But mostly I talked to my husband about it. And he said, no, I think this is a finite project. It's something that you want to do and want to try. It's a very unique opportunity. And he's like, 12 weeks. He was like, babe, we got the whole rest of our lives together. What's 12 weeks? And I was like, oh. Why do you have to be so perfect all the time? I know, right? You're like, tell me, kind of be a dick about it. So I feel yeah, like maybe because, I yeah, I, I mean, he's so perfect, always says the right thing, is always so supportive, like exactly like who you saw on TV. That is him 100%. So you come, okay, all the madness that you have going on, you're a doctor, you're working crazy hours, you have twins that are five, they're still young, they're not self sufficient. So, in what world were you like, let me do this show. Like, I think we should do the show. Like why, what made you really want to do it? I wanted to do it because it was unlike anything I had ever done. And a part of me also wanted to do it because people told me that I could not. And nothing will make me want to do something more than when someone tells me I cannot. They were like, what do you mean be on a TV show and film like 40 hours a week while you're working and have kids? And like, you can't. And I'm like, who said I can't? And they're like, you just can't. And I was like, but I can. And I will. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> who said I, you can't? Like family? No, not family, just friends and um, people in the hospital. I um, talked to some of my older mentors in the hospital, um, both men and women, and many of them advised me. They said, if you go on this show, it will be career suicide for you. No one will, will trust your medical judgment if you go on this reality show. No. And I said, well, why is that? Why, why does being on this TV show, um, does that change, you know, the type of anesthesia that I do? Does it change the professionalism and dedication that I have to my patients? Like it doesn't. And I think for people to automatically assume such says something about our society. That, that women who, particularly women who do outside extracurricular things are then seen as like less than in their professional sphere. Whereas it's not as much of a hit on men. Totally. Um, totally. Across I, the board. That's, that's my two cents. Maybe I'm going to get heat for saying that, but that's my, that is my opinion. Yeah. That is insane. So you're like, okay, well now I'm going to do it just because you told me I should not do it. <laughs> Partially, yes. And also I wanted to do it because I think that representation does matter. And um, I think, you know, I was lucky um, at the time that they were expanding to a more, a more um, racially diverse mm -hmm. cast. And as a first generation Asian American, I felt it important to bring my upbringing and my culture and my identity to the screen. Because when I was growing up as a child, you know, the one hour of TV I was allowed to watch, like I never saw anyone like me talk about being an immigrant, learning right. English, struggling, you know, everything was all about like, you know, the popular kids, like full house, like saved by the bell. Like right. that kind of thing. Yeah. 
So I was like, you know, if I can go on TV and show young girls, particularly um, young Asian American girls, that you can be a professional, you can have a sense of humor, you can drop occasional F-bombs and still be a wonderful human being who is empathetic and a good mother and a good wife and a good friend. Like, I don't know why people like to make some of those things like mutually exclusive. You know what I mean? And so I thought if I go on TV and, and just try to portray myself in all my authenticness, maybe I will inspire other little girls to just be themselves because they see me doing it. Right. Well, especially with Dallas, all white cast, the whole yeah. Oh, Dallas <laughs> I mean, I love Dallas. I'll probably live here for the rest of my life. So let me not say terrible things about my city because I do love Dallas and the people here. But the, the cast, I think, and this season in particular was problematic in many ways. Right. So you, okay, so back up to starting. We see you introduced through Mama D and Deandra. Is that kind of, is that, was that real? Like you guys were like, that's how you got, you were actually friends with Mama D and Deandra. Yeah. I met Mama D first through her work at the hospital. And then she introduced me to Deandra and then Deandra introduced me to the show. <laughs> so Deandra was like, Hey, we got to cast out. They're looking, would you want to do They Did they, she actually said, would you want to do this show and brought it to you? Yeah. Mama D. I went to several. Oh, Mama D. Yes. She always, cause we used to hang out and have dinner and have drinks and stuff. And it was her idea first. I will give Mama D credit for that. Cause we were talking about something. And then during filming, like Deandra would miss our, like every month on a Friday, a D Deandra and my friend, Stephanie, and I would all get together and have dinner. But during filming, Deandra would never come because she was busy filming. And so one day Mama D was like, Tiffany, you should go on that show. Deandra told me that they were just doing this and arguing about this and she was like you need to just go in in there and shut them girls down and I was like no D that is not my cup of tea I don't have time for that I don't have like you know all those things because Deandra actually asked me two seasons ago so she tried to get me to join after her first season which was season two so they were casting for season three and that's when Carrie, Carrie. Duber recommended Carrie Brittingham right and then like Deandra wanted me to go in during that time. But that time I was still very wary of the show. I was like, no, I don't want to do it. I don't know any of those other girls. Like I don't, you know, and then Deandra just wore me down. <laughs> she, she wore me down. So season three, I like, didn't even consider it. And then season four, I was like, I don't know. And then she was telling me about all these fabulous trips that they went on. And that was like what grabbed me and then for season five I was like fine I'll talk to the producer like she just wore me down and I I really didn't think anything of it because I never thought that they would actually pick me you know what I mean right when I was these zoom meetings with like producers and then the head of the production company like I just never thought that they would pick me so I didn't take it that seriously and then afterwards they didn't call me for like two weeks so I just assumed that like they didn't pick me like I didn't hear anything I didn't hear good I didn't hear bad so I just assumed like whatever, you know, they moved on. There's like so many other women that are probably, you know, more interesting than me that they would want. So I just didn't 
you know, do anything. And then one day my phone rang and it was the production head. And he was like, we'd love you to join season five of RHOD. And I was like, are you serious? Like, you know, and all this was right before COVID started. So were you like, like right when you before. get the call, were you like, yay? Or were you like, oh shit, this is actually real? Like what? Yeah. I think the first thing I felt was like disbelief or like, is this a joke? Right? Like I, I really thought it could be. And then when he was like, no, this is not a joke. Like we planned to start, this was in February of 2020 that he called me. And then he said, we want to start shooting in April. Well, guess what happened between February and April? Freaking COVID, which I did not see coming like at all. And so that messed everything up. You know, I I was in shock. And then I was sort of like, am I really going to do this? And he was like, well, you have to like, and I was like, oh, is there someone else on a list you can call? Like maybe a sub. And then I actually asked them, I asked them, I said, can I just be a friend of, I asked before we even started filming ever. I said, you know, I don't know, this is more of a commitment than I, you know, I bit off more than I can chew. I'm so sorry. Would it be okay if I was just a friend of? And he said, no. He said, you either come on as a full-time cast or, you know, you can sit sit this one out. And he's like, but he's like, we need you. Like, you're gonna be great. Like gave me this pep talk. Cause I was like- They know how to reel you in, baby. They get you in. They sure did. But I will tell you, once I signed the contract and once we started filming, I was like, you know, the train has left the station. Like you're on it now. And if you're going to be on it, like do your best. Yeah, exactly. So, okay. So, you know, Deandra and that's it. Did you know anybody else? (laughs) No, nobody. No, I didn't have any of their phone numbers in my phone. I had never been to any of their homes. I had been at events with them before, but you know, we have huge events here where there's like hundreds of people right. and you meet them and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I knew who they were, but, but no, like I couldn't call up any of them to actually ask for advice or anything. Well, okay. Side note, how did you and Leanne get so close? Um, we have two mutual friends that are very close. Like I have two friends that are very close with her. And so we just all like hung out. Dallas is small. Right. Of of course. No. And especially the kind of things that we do in the restaurants we go to, like you just run into the same people over right. and over. Right. But I will say for as long as I've known Leanne, she has been nothing but lovely to me. I just had Leanne on. It was insanity. What she was for real, like what she was saying about you and like, and I, I, but then I went back and it was so sweet. And I was like, kind of caught up in the moment. And then afterwards I was like, wait a minute, you guys never even filmed together. So that's why I didn't understand where it came from. Our, um, you know, friendship has come from mutual friends and also our love of giving back to the community through our charity work. So we've crossed paths through some sort of, you know, charity events that she's emceed and I was on the board of and things like that. Um, And we just have really big hearts that we both want to open to the community. So I think that's like where we first aligned. And, And I, I mean, I think she's hilarious. Like she is the mouth of the South. Like she entertains me 
all day long, all the time. Like it's always a good time with her, you know, like sometimes I'm just tired or not feeling great. Like she'll cheer me up because she's just always so entertaining. Like she's a natural born entertainer. I had to try hard when the cameras were on. I had to like drink a cup of coffee, like give myself a pep talk. My field producer had to give me a pep talk. I had to like go into the game. Like, okay, coach, put me in. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. Leanne is born ready. She's the one on the field saying, come on, girl, we waiting for you. Like, you know, she is extrovert to the max and I am actually an introvert, which perhaps in retrospect is not the greatest thing for someone to be on reality TV. <laughs> right. So exactly. So two things that until meeting Leanne, like, like this, I get exactly what you're saying. Like all of it to a T because I was like, I'm a spaz. She makes me feel like a calm, quiet wallflower because she's so much, right? So I totally get that. And then, but for you, were you like, did you feel like, like you said, like, I need to, I need to get myself ready for this, like the camera. Yeah. I had to, to psych myself up for it. So, you know, I, I mostly did what the producers suggested for me to do because I thought that that's what everyone was doing. And then later, later, you know, like several um, weeks in, they're like, don't do that. And I'm like, but so-and-so told us that we, and they're like, so, and I'm like, you didn't know the game yet. It was your first season. You didn't know the game. I was, yeah. Yeah. You were the rookie and these people other than care. No, no. All of them were vets. Like you were the only rookie. Yeah. And no one had any wisdom or advice to impart onto me other than, you know, be yourself, have fun. Like, no, you know, no one really pulled me aside and said like, Hey, you know, this is the deal. So that's how it went. Did the producers, AKA the teachers, were they really like, let's talk about this a lot. I mean, not a lot, but there were certain topics that, you know, if we kept going and yada, yada and whatever, they would have to redirect, you know, they never put words in our mouth. They never handed us a script, but they were like, don't forget to talk about that thing that happened last Thursday. And we were like, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, like, I mean, they were just doing their job. So when you start, right, you're like, this is a new world for me. And the first thing that I have to get into is this video where you just like, oh my gosh, and is this really happening? And do you think you would have even brought it up in a normal situation? Had you seen Brandy off camera? No, no, I would have never brought it up. It was like something that was like six months ago. And like back when it happened, she and I didn't even know each other. So no, it would have never come up. So you like, you literally hit the ground running into this whole drama with video, with Brandy in the video. Like, how yeah. was that for you? I mean, it was fine. I just tried to, you know, touch upon my personal experience because whenever I felt at a loss for words during filming, I thought, well, I'll just talk about my personal experience because no one can invalidate that. You know, I don't really know what's going on right now with her and all this stuff. And I didn't know that it had caused her so much mental anguish and that she had received so many disheartening messages when that video came out. I didn't know any of that stuff. Right. So you know, I'm sitting her with her filming and then she's talking about like she received death threats and she was suicidal and she had to go to a treatment facility. I was like, what? 
Yeah. Like that's crazy. Like I would never wish that upon anyone. And I, I actually never had a problem with Brandy. Like never still to this day, like, you know, she may have whatever feelings she has towards me. We never became close, but I never had a problem with her and they wanted me so much too. <laughs> right. Of course they did. Right. It's like, dude, I have to pile on this with this woman. Like she's already been, and that, yeah. by the way, though, that's a testament to you because you could have easily and piled on and she was clearly going through a lot of shit already. Yeah, I can't like pretend to be upset with someone that I'm not upset with for the same reason that I can't pretend not to be upset with someone that I am truly upset with. Right. And I think you guys got to see that too. So how was it then? You know, nobody except for Deandra and, you know, Stephanie and Brandy are best friends. Carrie's in there, you know, camp. How was it then meeting the rest of the ladies? I must be really naive because I really thought that it would just be like Deandra brings me into her friend group and then slowly I would become friends with all of the women like I just figured that that's how it would be and that sometimes we'd have disagreements and arguments like any other natural friend circle but what I didn't expect was that people would like gang up together and like actively you know try to take me down like I think that's what probably hurt the most Tiffany, what is going, like, I can't even with all this stuff, like, where are you right now with it all with like the, the chicken foot and like all this, where are you? How are you? (laughs) I mean, I am good. Like I was just on the phone with my executive producer, just chit chatting, like we're still friends. Um, she was asking about the comedy set that I did, um, like a month ago. And she told me, she said this to me on the phone. She said, you are the happiest I have heard you in a year. And I was like, yeah, because I'm not a part of the show anymore. And she's like, yeah, probably that's true. Um, so people always ask me like, what am I up to now that the show's over? And I'm like, I'm up to my whole ass life. Like I still work at the hospital. The girls are seven now, you know, we hang out together. We take trips. I have my candle line and my wine line. Like I'm still, I'm doing like all the things. (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. And, you know, I feel like that was such a good opportunity for me then, but like that chapter is closed. Like the housewives. Yes. Done. Done. I'm, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to participate on it, but like, there was just no way I was going to sign on for another season. Like the way this season ended, you know what I mean? Like that just was not going to happen. I mean, yeah. I mean, I had changed my profile to like previous cast member, like back in April or I don't know when before reunion even filmed and then reunion filmed. And I was like, I am so done, like so done. When I walked out of my room um, in New York, I was like, I'm done. Never again. So you, even if they would have been like, we're having a season six, you would have been like hell to the no. Well, I, I did not say hell to the no. Um, I said, you know, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. So if this is going to be the cast, um, then no thank you. Um, and, and there was 
some talks about a big cast shakeup. Right. Um, and so I said, you know, if if potentially that happens, then I would do another season because then I would be on with my actual friends. Right. You know, right, right. <laughs> um, so um, uh, unfortunately, um, that didn't pan out for a variety of reasons. But I'm actually really grateful and relieved um, not to be involved with the franchise right now. Like there's no bad blood. Um um, with, you know, production and with the network, I have no bad blood whatsoever. So I would definitely consider it like if it came back in two or three years, but like at the time that we would have needed to start filming for season six, like it just, the cast was not gelling together. No. And you know what, it's across the board, whomever I've talked with, they say, you know, there's three parts of being a housewife. It's like the filming, the watching back and the reunion. And that was your first taste of a reunion Were you just like, what was harder, the reunion or the season filming? I mean, the season was harder because it was longer and there yeah. was just really more a reunion, you know, is one day. Um, so however hard it is in your life, I always say like, it was a day. How hard could it have been? You know what I mean? Right. But reunion was hard for me because I thought I was going to go there and like have closure, talk it out, you know, make nice. And as you saw, that is not what happened. I felt completely like accosted and, and taken aback. So, you know, I mean, I, my last minute of being on TV was having a nosebleed come out of my face because oh I my God, that's right. I remember my, I think my blood pressure was just so high by that point. We had started late because, um, production had to go get like, um, film, uh, equipment to the hotel room for the cast members that had to virtually. I was like, you've got to be shitting me right now. So we were supposed to start at like, let's say 10 AM ish. We started at 2 p.m. So everyone's already exhausted, like by the time we start, because we all got there around 7 a.m. And I had flown in just the previous day before. I mean, everyone's tired and cranky, you know. And so we're starting at 2. I think we went until like 10 or 11 or something. And I think my blood pressure was just so high by that point, dealing with all the like, you know, <laughs> hits that had come my way from across the other side of the room that like one small little blood vessel in my nose was just like, I am not having it anymore. <laughs> it was like, Boop. and you just see this blood trickling and Andy, like, um, I think you have a, <laughs> I was like, oh my God, who has a nose lead on TV? Like, nobody. like, I was like, um, I was talking to Deandra. I was like, I'm so mortified. Like that is so embarrassing. And she goes, don't worry. They'll cut that part out. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one wants to see that anyway. She's like, they'll cut that out. Well, there you go. <laughs> Icing on the cake for you. What? Yeah. I mean, listen, you start the freaking season, Tiffany, with this video and then everything going on right to the ending with Cam. What was the hardest part of all of this, of filming and doing the show? One hard thing is that I had to come to terms with a lot of things that I was insecure with, like, you know, my relationship with my mother. And if right. I'm being a good mom, you know, I'm missing out on a lot of, you know, activities in my kid's life. And that caused me to take a step back at my work. So that was like the personal struggle that I was dealing with. And then I would say the hardest thing, you know, about the interactions with the other ladies is that I don't want to put it all on them because 
you know, we did have our good moments. I mean, I had so many fun moments with them where we're laughing and I like, you know, almost peed my pants and um, a lot of really good fun moments. But overall, at the end of the season, I just felt like I had been a little bit ostracized and singled out and not supported. Like that's how I felt. Right. And you know, people are like, oh, she's such a crybaby. She's always making herself to be the victim. And I'm like, no, like I'm not, I, I'm just saying how I felt, you know? And if that's not what it looks like or what other people perceive it to be, then that's fine. But I was really sad actually, because the, the person that I thought I was gonna get along the most with when I started filming was Cam. Yeah, because we both love dogs. Like I love my dog and she loves her dogs. And before filming had begun, we had actually hung out once um, and gone to dinner. Um, And she's like, we're going to have so much fun. And we actually, I don't know which one of us came up with it, um, but we're like, let's be the pink posse or the pink princesses, something pink. Cause I was like, I love the color pink too. And you know, she just, we were being so silly and fun. And she was like, girl, I love shopping. Shopping's my cardio. And I'm like, me too. I love shopping. And we just had like so many similarities and our kids are sort of the same age. So going into filming, I was like, I'm going to be best friends with Cam. (laughs) Like, you know, it's funny what you think. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, Dodo bird. And so then it really made me sad when she sort of like aligned with Carrie, who kind of like brought out a certain mean spirit in her um, that I didn't see before. And then, and then the alliances were made. It's so weird. It's like, and just like that, it was like Brandy and Stephanie, me and Deandra, Cam and Carrie. Like it, it was just that, that happened organically and naturally within the first few weeks of filming. And once that happened and I felt that like Cam and Carrie did not like me and were like, you know, pushing me into the pool and then laughing about it and things like that. Like, I was just like, oh, well, there goes, <laughs> there goes the friendship that I thought I would have. Right. But then you and Deandra are so cool. Yeah, we're cool. We just um, saw each other not too long ago, like a week ago at a um, Christmas party. But yeah, she's, she's great. I mean, Deandra and I were never best friends. We're not like call each other every day or even right. every week. You know, I don't really have a lot of close friends because mostly I just work and hang out with my family. Right. right. Um, but she's always been there when I needed her. We see each other at events. She's a ton of fun. Um, but it's not like, you know, I call her every day. I right. mean, it was like that. Yeah. Is it tough for you? Because like you have a relationship with Leanne, you have the relationship with Deandra. Is it ever like tough being middleman? I don't play middleman with them. Like, you know, they have a lot of history and um, hurt feelings. Um, When Leanne and I get together, we don't talk about Deandra. And when Deandra and I get together, we don't talk about Leanne. And I think this is the problem in Dallas that like people are so like, oh, if you're friends with her, then you can't possibly be friends with me, right? Um, and I'm like, we're running out of people to be friends with you guys. <laughs> no one likes you know? each other. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, like, oh, let's not be friends with her because she knows that other girl that we don't like. And I'm like, but I've never even met this girl. And you're already telling me not to like her. I've never even spoken to her. And this is this is what people do here. Um, and I'm like, that's ridiculous. Like, I can't play these games. So yeah, it's not a secret that Leanne and Deandra are not friends, um, but I am friends with both of them. And my friendship with I, both of them have nothing to do with the other person. So that's good. 
Yeah. <laughs> Listen, at least for you and like your, the, the, the pool, like, no, come to this side, come to this side, because it was on the show. It was that you're going to be cool with her. No, that's not cool with me. Right. Like it's like the high school we're back in high school again. Right. Like pick side. Yeah. I, I can't do that. Like I don't do that well, which is perhaps, you know, why I didn't do very well. <laughs> were you shocked that that they were like, we're going to put the season like on hold, like the, put the series, the franchise on hold? No, no, I wasn't shocked at all. I had um, talked to production about it. I was in a joking sense when we were having trouble um, casting new people and stuff. And I was joking, but not really. And I was like, you know what? Just put the whole freaking thing on pause for now. And I actually said, I remember saying it. So I wasn't shocked at all. Well, look, I mean, I'm surprised though, because you said I'm going to be best with the cam. That didn't happen. So I'm surprised the office <laughs> didn't happen. <laughs> like, they're like, we're bringing it back. Like, you know, I mean, I don't know. So do you, looking back, I mean, you went through a lot, right? Are you happy you did it? Yeah, I think um, overall, I'm happy. If I could do some things differently, I certainly would. Um, but you don't get to do life like that. And overall, like I had a good experience. I learned so, so much about myself, about my marriage, about my children. You know, I cut back at work um, as a result of, you know, all the feelings that I was experiencing. And most of all, I met so many wonderful people like through the Bravo sphere right. that I would not have met if I did not join the show. And that has opened up so many doors for me um, in terms of friendships and business opportunities. So like, I'm, I'm really glad that I did it, but yeah, it was hard. You know, what's so crazy too. You just said the relationship with my mom and like in our world, Bravo people watching your show world. It's so crazy because how do we gloss over that? Because all these other things happen. That's probably the most important thing. Your relationship with your mom. Yet we're thinking the Brandy video. We're thinking chicken foot. You know what I'm saying? And like the real stuff, you're like, oh yeah, duh, your mom. Like that whole huge piece of the puzzle for you. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't that crazy? I know. I know. I feel like we could just go back and like reshoot <laughs> and redo over the chicken butt thing. If I had known that it was going to cause this amount of turmoil for me, I would have never suggested to Cam to eat a chicken butt. Like we legit thought that it would be funny. Like I, you know, like uh -huh. haze her to eat a chicken foot, like Carrie haze me to take a tequila shot. You know, like it was all in good fun until it wasn't. Like right. it's all fine until someone hits below the belt and then it's like not okay. You know what I mean? Do you see any world where you two ever like make amends and actually for real actually are like, we're okay? I mean, never say never, like my heart is open and obviously, you know, I'm a Christian and I believe in forgiveness, but like she and her family members really like caused a lot of harm to me and my, my career potentially. Um, so like that was not okay, you know? Um, but I mean, look, who knows? Like maybe we'll all forgive each other, say sorry, sing kumbaya and hold hands. I don't know what's happening. What do you think are the better odds? Leanne and Deandra coming together 
<laughs> are you in cam? <laughs> Where's my white flag? And on that one, wait, wait, what's the, what was the, listen, there's lots of things that were like, oh my gosh, what happened? But what was like the one best part of doing this, this show? Honestly, that it opened up my world to wonderful people like yourself and the other, Aww. you know, Bravo fans and, and people who reach out to me and say like, you know, I'm an immigrant too. Like, thank you for being on TV. And, you know, I too have um, mom guilt about being away from my kids as much as I am. And you really verbalize that in a way that hit home with me. Like, thank you for that. Like that, those messages mean the most to me. That's awesome. That's listen, yeah. listen, find the silver lining right through the shit. Yeah. Yes, I mean, there's a lot of finding silver linings in the year 2021. But like you said, look at what you're doing now. Okay, tell me what you're doing. You have candles. Like what? Oh what? Tell me, go. During quarantine, because all of our elective surgeries got canceled, I was at home more and I have severe anxiety. And then you layer COVID on top of that. And I was just like freaking out. And so I would go down to the basement in order to calm myself and mix essential oils and like make candle scents. No. So I started, yes. And so I started making them and now we have like 20 cents. It's crazy. My basement is full of candles. There's like at least 200 candles down there right now. <laughs> and yes. I'm always trying like new scents. So I named it aromasthesia, which is half aromatherapy and half anesthesia. And then I named all the candle scents after anesthesia drugs. So the ones that are more like sleepy, sleepy time are the relaxing scents like lavender, eucalyptus, and then the more energizing scents like grapefruit, citrus, melon are the more um, wakey, wakey drugs that I give you at the end of surgery so that, you know, I can wake your ass up and take you to the recovery room. So I thought they're all cute and all of them have a tagline, you know, like housewives, like lidocaine is what we use um, to start IVs to like make a little numbing thing. Right. Um, and so lidocaine's tagline is like for humans who need some numbing. <laughs> And then, remember on the boat when Brandy was like giving everyone Zofran because we were all basic <laughs> yeah. because the boat was moving and I was going to throw up. So that drug is called Ondansetron, all the um, uh, generic names. And so that one's tagline is for upset mummies or people who have ex uh, who are expecting mummies. Like, because I had to take Zofran all the time when I was pregnant because I was just like nauseous all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. Who doesn't have Zofran stashed in their cupboard somewhere? Right. Like if you're a good mom, you should have some Zofran stashed away, some Benadryl. <laughs> I am such a crazy person. I have a whole intubation kit. I have a pediatric one and an adult one. So, you know, if anyone goes down at this house, um, you're ready. Me, I will intubate them. That <laughs> is... <we> are. Uh, <laughs> amazing but do you like, the problem is gonna be if i go down no one's gonna say you're screwed me. yeah I'm, bye I'm we're all See you later sleepy sleepy bye bye for good <laughs> like, here's, here's here's a candle for you night night <laughs> yeah. oh my god okay so candles we're selling that okay so where can everyone find these to buy them they are on my website, tiffanymoonmd.com. You just click the shop button and there's 20 cents of candles. They are all hand poured in Dallas by an all female team. Oh, I'm very so proud of that. Yes. Awesome. They're um, triple scented with essential oil. So they fill up the room. Like I'm burning, I'm doing a test scent right now and it is very fragrant in here. Strong. I'm always 
see strong, very strong. See, this one's not labeled because I'm, it's a um, tester. So I test all my stuff. Um, I have two girls like literally hand pouring these candles, like wiping the jars off, putting labels on them. Um, I'm going to make amazing. my children start doing it, you know, cause we're on Christmas break. Now there's going to be some child labor going down wow. in the of my home. Why else do you <laughs> have like, children? You don't want to eat dinner. Go label some candles. Okay. Isn't that why um, your kids clean laundry? Let's go. Let's go. No free rides yeah. here. No free rides. That <laughs> ride is really expensive, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So the candles are my main thing. Um, my husband and I also started, um, making our wine available for purchase. So we have a winery, we've had it for about 10 years. Um, but it's private, it's small label. We only have like 10 barrels a year. Um, but because it was featured on the show and it got a lot of press, um, we started making more of it. So now the wine is available online for purchase, but actually we just had a huge holiday order. People were ordering like, um, cases of wine for holiday parties and I have to go check the inventory, but I think we're going to be out soon. And also I keep drinking it. <laughs> uh, and, and PS, by the way, I've had more than people have ordered side note, but that is amazing. I'm, I'm basically burning all my own candles and drinking all my own wine. Listen, so if, if the business doesn't do well, I'll just use it myself. Can you make one of the candles for me drunk inside piece? Yes. I will make you a candle that says that. Yeah. <laughs> piece. They'll be like, your girls will be like, mommy, this is inappropriate. And you're like, well, let me meet Melissa and then you will get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. My kids can read now because I was texting with someone and one of them came over to my phone and she was like, why are you calling someone stupid? And I was like, <gasps> like, I forget that they can You're read. like, shit. Now we're like, you have to watch the language, watch what you write. Like, uh, you're getting older. It's screwing me, my vocabulary, everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The kids are just getting too smart these days. Tiffany, this was like, I'm so happy we got to do this. I would love like down, like new after the new year, when like after the candles and the wine and like, you've had, I feel like you're still probably like trying to come off of like the madness, but yeah. maybe we come back on and do like a repeat and, you know, have some fun. I would love that. You're so much fun to talk to. It was awesome. This like, love it. Thank you for doing <laughs> this. I'm so glad we got to do this. Thank you so Thank much you for, for taking having the time. Me. I know you're like madness. So I really, really, really appreciate it. No, it was so much fun. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to Sidepiece. Make sure to follow on Instagram with the handle at Sidepiece Show. That's at S-I-D-E-P-I-E-C-E-S-H-O-W, at Sidepiece Show. And don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe.